this. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified. Diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, you guys, you got me alone, but I am live with our guest in Everett, Washington. Everett, Washington, yes, a business owner from Everett. This is our first one from Everett, Washington. Amelia is her name, and she owns Nubian Pride Services, which is a janitorial services. Amelia, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. I'm going to get in to the Nubian Pride Services, but before I do that, Amelia also is an expert. I'm gonna call you an expert in the check cashing game, the payday loan game, and I collections. Collections, but you've done it all, haven't you? I've done. I did the payday loans for eh, about a year. It was kind of a. I'm gonna take a little break mm-hmm. from collections, but okay. collections is where I've spent the last thirteen years. Okay, of my main career. And I'm I'm bugging her to start like one here just because the most powerful woman in Washington I don't know if I should even say her name but I will Ollie Garrett is that's her business and she is I say the most powerful because she's always with the governor she runs the Tabor 100 in Seattle and she also is what else the weeds are is what I call her I don't know what her official title is on that (laughs) but she is the lady for that and she's made her millions that's what the newspaper said Right, because I don't want people to say, "Oh, Ollie has millions." I didn't know. You could have googled her name; you'd find that out. But she's the weeds are. Talk to us about that aspect before we get into the Nubian pride of the collections and the payday loan. And do you see black people doing it ever? Owning, With, owning, not really. I mean, in the time that I've done collections, mm-hmm. I've always had white bosses. The business owners were mm-hmm. always white. Um, had a couple of people of color that were management, but mm. not very long term. Um, in the time that I was doing the check cashing and payday loans, it was a big company that I worked for. It was white owned. My manager was white. All of the other store employees at different locations that I knew of were white. We really didn't have more reason for you to get into it. Yeah. More reason for you to get into it and have, you know, multiple businesses, I think, because I haven't seen it. Besides Ali, I haven't seen it, like, on the West Coast. When you go down South, things are a little bit different. But do you think, I know on the payday loan services, there's, like, anti-laundering, you know, laws. Do you think any of that, you know, plays a part of it? I think, honestly, when it comes to payday loans, I have more of a negative view on the way that they're done now, the high interest rate. I can understand from a, being a business owner, understanding that that perspective of, you know, with payday loans, a lot of people don't pay them back, so you need to be able to make your money how you can. Mm. But I feel like in a lot of ways, those are really predatory mm. in how that they're set up because you're really, when you're in a position where you have to go out and you have to get a payday loan for whatever reason, your car breaks down, you have a bill that needs to be paid right away. 
you're already in a position where you don't have the money, you're mm -hmm. living paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. and basically all you're doing is pushing it off until the next paycheck where you're still gonna be in this exact same situation. Preach. Of still living paycheck to paycheck, except for on top of it, now instead of just having your normal bills and having this emergency that you needed the funds for, mm -hmm. now you have this extremely high interest loan mm -hmm. that you're gonna have to pay back and find ways to you know, be able to do that. Now here in Washington, we do have some more recent laws that have made it so that a lot of people can't get them uh, have m as much access to them as they used to. Really? Because it used to be that you could go and you could get as many payday loans. So if, say, the maximum for payday loans is $700. Mm -hmm. If I needed $1,400, I could go to one payday loan store and get a loan there. I could go to another payday loan store and get a loan there. Mm -hmm. But then I have the same problem. When it comes payday, now I've got, you know, the general fees on those are like $95 for the $700. So now, on top of having to pay back $1,400, now I've got an extra $200 that I've got to pay back mm -hmm. in fees. Yeah. And it's just this vicious cycle that people get into where they would jump from one to the other to the other or have multiple at the same time just to be able to make it through because you got the one you got to pay back. Well, next payday, I still don't have the money to pay it back, so I'm going to go take out another one to pay back the first one. The first one, robbing Peter to pay Paul mm -hmm. all day. That's crazy. I never did that. I know people who did in college, and now so one of them owns like a medical clinic, so she's doing all right. So she may be an advocate and say, yeah, payday loans are great, but it's different. You know, it was a struggle to pay it back. With that, have you seen the new apps like Dave and other things that will give you like a hundred dollars? Like, give us a hundred dollars, or if earning, if you you know work today, you can get paid today, and then they basically take your paycheck. Have you seen those things? I've seen them. I haven't really dabbled much into those because okay. I've really I'm, try to stay away from that stuff as much. You know, being in the collections industry, I try to be a lot more responsible. I'm still a consumer. I still, for a long time, was a single mom still trying to you know get through so i know how that living paycheck to paycheck can be and i try to just stay away from those traps <laughs> okay but even in collections let's talk about that that's cutthroat too because you seem too nice to be like hello so-and-so you owe money because people are hanging up cursing you out crying and doing all that giving you sob stories so i mean do you find what approach do you take is it the hey you're a scumbag you need to pay us back because you didn't have to have a platinum card knowing you didn't have platinum money i mean <laughs> how do how do you go about it so for me the big i had a big turning point when i first started in collections so mm -hmm. how i got started in collections was I was 18, I was in college, I was working a couple of different fast food jobs, I had just aged out of foster care, mm -hmm. so I was just trying to make it, because all of a sudden, you know, I've got to do everything on my own and it's just me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted an office job, but nobody would give me a shot, because I didn't have any office experience, mm -hmm. I was a college student, all I'd ever done is flip burgers. Yeah, you were 18? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And most office jobs, they want you to have some office experience. Mm -hmm. So oh, I had started out, I went on this job interview, 
I lived in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. I took the bus all the way to Bothell because oh. being in foster care, I wasn't allowed to get a license. Now that's about an hour, hour and a half on a good day drive or bus ride. It's probably four hours, four hours on the bus. I want y'all to hear the dedication because there's people <laughs> who say, oh, I got an hour in traffic. And I feel you because I've done those journeys. Four hours. Is that back and forth or that's is that one way? way? It was four that's hours on the bus. Man. But I went up and I did this job interview, and this lady had said, you know, it was the owner's wife who interviewed me. She said, you know what, I know you don't have any experience, but I got a good feeling about you, mm -hmm. so I'm going to give you a shot. And that's where I started. And I went back and forth four hours each way on the bus. Had to stay with my grandpa on one night of the week up in Linwood so I could still make it to work on time because yeah. the buses didn't run enough on the weekend Sheesh. until I could get a car. It took me about a year before I could get a car and get a license to go wow. back and forth. But it started with that, and at first I was horrible at it. Oh. I bought every sob story. <laughs> Anybody fed me. I just, you know, I felt horrible about even doing the job because it just felt like this thing where... You know, I'm pressuring these people that don't have the money mm -hmm. to be able to pay it. And then it was the end of the month, and it was about my first month on the phone. We're month ending in collections. That's always the push. You want okay. that month end money. Let's get it all in before the end of the month for your commission. Mm -hmm. And our VP came out, and he had just listened to my call, and it was this little old lady who had spent 45 minutes on the phone telling me this whole sob story on why she couldn't pay back this credit card that she had had. And I just bought it hook, line, and sinker. I took her little $25 payment and, you know, was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I understand you're on Social Security. You have this tough situation. And he came over and he said, you know what, watch this. And he called her back in a 15-minute phone call, $1,500 balance in full. She just paid it on her credit card. Wow. It changed my whole mindset of, there's a difference between people that are in a situation that they can't pay mm -hmm. to the people that are in a situation that they just don't want to pay. Mm -hmm. And then you got a whole other category of people that just don't know how to or don't want to have to adjust their lifestyle to be able to pay. Okay. And I see that a lot more now because the collections I do now is mostly medical accounts and tickets. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of people that... They just don't know how to adjust their finances and prioritize to be able to pay their bills and see the future in it. Yeah. But it has. I've been at the, the agency I'm at now. I've been there for eight years. And So do you have to, like, tell them, like, how much money do you get a month and then, like, help them like you're like their mother and tell them how to pay this money back quicker so they don't get so much interest and all that? Yeah, because in Washington, um, the laws here did actually just change, I believe, last month. So it used to be we could garner somebody's check for 25% of their wages once they were over the exemption amount. Mm. So that was what the policy where I work at was, was that you're going to pay us the 25% mm -hmm. or we're going to take the 25%. Okay. Either way, we're getting the 25%, <laughs> but we either can do that without all the court costs and attorney's fees or you can pay us the 25% and we're tacking on all these court costs and attorney's fees. Yeah. So, you know, I had to help people and work through their budgeting and understand that, look, you're paying this money either way. Mm -hmm. 
why would you want to pay more? You're going to pay this amount of money. Do you do you want to pay me $1,500 at $500 a month? Yeah. Or do you want to end up paying me $3,000 at $500 I want to pay month? you nothing. Click. See you <laughs> when I see you. <laughs> see, those are the ones that end up with lawsuits and garnishments. <laughs> and that is a regular thing because a lot yeah. of people don't know how to just make it work. And mm-hmm. sometimes you do. You know, I've been, I tell people that I'm working with all the time that, I get it because I've been there, mm-hmm. being a single mom, having a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. I understand what it's like when you're looking at your bills and you got more bills than you do money. Yeah, so, the American way. Exactly, and you know what? Sometimes you gotta make those sacrifices and they're hard, especially when, you know, big one's cable. That is one of the biggest bills that I hear people all the time. Well, I can't mm-hmm. pay you because I got a $300 Comcast bill. Mm-hmm. You better cut that cable. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, when you look at it, they don't think to look at other alternatives. You're just looking at, well, I can't take the TV away from my kids. That's not fair to my kids. Huh? I, I what about the lights? What about the... <laughs> you know, maybe I should get into collections. I, <laughs> I, I might... I don't know. They might keep me for a day. <laughs> My mouth might be too slick. Uh, You know, I have that problem sometimes. It really, you know, I'm a real big believer in the energy you send to me is the energy you're going to get back. So you're going to decide how we're going to act on this phone call. Yeah. Um, But you just, you got to learn how to just work with people and understand it's a high pressure situation. Mm -hmm. It's high stress because it's stress for them too. Not being able to pay your bills and having this lingering over you is really stressful and really Wait, hard. some people could give a dang. I, I won't say names, but if he listens to this, he'll know. <laughs> I've had mentors of mine make buku's amount of money. You know, we all made money, but they made buku's amount of money. Come back with the Mercedes, red drop top, in of all places down south. I almost said the name. Um, and I've seen it where, wait, what about Sally Mae and all your other bills? I'm on the highway. I'll see you when I see you. Some people are so comfortable, they don't care. It's like, And I've asked them to this day, do you pay Sally Mae? For what? You don't have to pay her. And so some people don't care. So I, that's the, I'd be ruthless probably in collection. See, and that's the mindset you do. You are going to get those people. I also, I'm the only one at the agency I work with. I handle the business collections as mm. well. Okay. So on top of dealing with your average consumers, I deal with the business owners that haven't paid your bills. Yeah. I get a lot more of that attitude. They got an excuse for everything. They've got tell a you how re- much money they do have at the same time. Mm-hmm. Tell you why they're broke. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not even. Or just that I don't agree with. I don't think I should have to pay this for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with the service. Yeah. I wasn't. You know, they didn't. Yes, they did X, Y, and Z, but they didn't do A, B, and C that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Well, you still got to pay for X, Y, and Z that they did do. Yeah, yeah. They're not charging you for the A, B, and C that they didn't do. Yeah. Here's what you're being charged. This is what you need And the to judge pay. would agree. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to is that, you know, everybody's got a reasoning on why and how they justify things and why they think that, you know, they shouldn't have to pay or they just don't care. Mm -hmm. But I mean, for me, when it comes down to not wanting to pay, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a difference when you can't pay and you're trying to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's a completely different mindset. I think these people that get into this mindset that they feel so entitled that it's okay to steal. Yeah. It's a problem. And that's exactly what you're doing when you make these choices you know, not to pay it back or not to even make an attempt at it is, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way, but that's what it is. It's theft. You can't, you know, you walk into the car dealership and you get a car and you don't pay for it. 
Now that is theft, but give us some game on all of us who are still paying on our Sally Mae loans that then get transferred to Navient, they then get transferred to wherever, where I almost feel like they're stealing because they gave you, you know, whatever the amount of money, and then they've tacked on so many fees, and every if you miss one thing go wrong, and you're trying to, you know, get your income-sensitive stuff, oh, I remember those days, and I'm like, oh, you need to do this when you actually could have did something else. Instead of this forbearance, you could have did, you know, this. What, about, what can we do for those type of loans to say... And I've heard this with private loans. You can negotiate and say, hey, I know I owe 200000 I got 100 for you. Take it or leave it. And they'll take it. Kind of like credit. You guys will, you know, sometimes take a settlement. But- and that is sometimes, too, because that is a big misconception that I get a lot in mm-hmm. collections is a lot of people don't understand there's a difference between a debt buyer and a collection agency. Mm-hmm. So where a lot of times people have the authority to, you know, I'm going to settle this for pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. or a debt buyer. Mm-hmm. But not all collection agencies are debt buyers. In fact, mm-hmm. most collection agencies do not purchase debts. Really? All of the agencies that I've worked for, uh-huh. none of them were debt purchasers. We just collect on behalf of our clients and are paid a commission for that. Okay. So uh, it, it is two, they're two different industries, and a lot of people don't understand that. Well, Dave Ramsey doesn't tell us that when we're listening or watching. That's why, you know. It and, is, yeah. it is. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of um, these scams. Another big, you know, I call it a scam. Mm-hmm. It's these big, you know, credit repair companies. There's one right now, I won't name names, but, you know, you can look up lawsuits on credit Shoot. repair companies. And mm-hmm. there's actually a couple of different ones right now that are being sued by the federal government because of their false information, as well as being sued by collection agencies because they're causing issues not just for the agencies, but for these consumers. Mm -hmm. So what's happening for a lot of people is they're going out and they're hiring this, you know, like national debt relief is a big one. They're hiring national debt relief. They're paying them money every single month Mm -hmm. to help them repair their credit, negotiate their credit, Mm -hmm. and set up payment arrangements. So I get people all the time there, well, I'm dealing with national debt relief. You need to call them. They're handling everything. Yeah. And then they end up getting sued, and they don't understand why. Okay. Well, what national debt relief and companies like that do is you're paying them a monthly fee, mm-hmm. which, one, is more money you could have been paying towards your bills to get them paid off faster. Mm-hmm. But you're paying them a fee to do what you can do yourself. Yes. So they're yes. paying your bills. They're negotiating on some of your bills. But the payments that they are sending don't necessarily meet what the agency is willing to accept. Okay. So, for example, if you're working full-time and, you know, you're 20 in Washington, it did just change last month. Now it's 20% instead of 25 like it used to be Mm -hmm. that you can be garnished. If we're looking at it and 20% of your wages is going to be $700 a month and National Debt Relief is only sending us 25 a lot of people have this misconception that as long as they're paying something, yeah. that they cannot be sued, they cannot be garnished, nobody's going to come after them. That is not the case. We sue and garnish people all day long that are sending little payments because the fact is is that our job is to collect for our clients that have already given you opportunities to make payments. Before it came to us, mm. we tried to work with you and set up payments, but it's got to be something that's reasonable. But what about the student loans? Give us a, 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 a say, tell us Navient and Sally Mae will take if we owe 20, that they'll take 10 or 15 because of the fees. I mean, can't 
I mean, student loans are different because even when, you, you know, you, 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 they're always there. But is there a trick, you being in the, the, the business, where you could say, I would do this if I owed, let's say, 100000 or more? Student loans are something I don't have experience in collecting on. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have experience with them as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that the most important thing is do your research. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I did. I had to go in and do my research. I had gotten in a situation at one point where my student loans had gone into default. I was fighting a bunch of them because I was young and I didn't know any better. And mm-hmm. the law says that you can't sign a contract until you're 18. Well, mm-hmm. I had started college at 16. Mm-hmm. So I had had loans from before I was even legally an adult. I was still a ward of the state Whoa. when I had gotten a big chunk of money. So I didn't have that understanding mm-hmm. of what I was doing at the time and taking those out or even the understanding of how to manage you know finances or money or any of that you just gave some game though so if you do college early you could were you able to just say this contract's null and void um i tried to fight that and argue with them it really came down to i could have gotten an attorney and i probably would have won on those grounds Mm -hmm. because they did you know at that point it was before a lot of these changes Mm -hmm. in the lending laws Mm -hmm. um and i was able to get get them to work and get some of the fees and stuff removed and do a, um, oh, what was it called that I did? I had set up a payment arrangement to pull it out of default and I consolidated, that's the word I'm looking for. I consolidated my student loans so that they were all together and on one payment, I was able to set up smaller payment arrangements to get it out of default. I paid for a year based on my income at the time and even though I still made a decent wage being a single mom my payments were only five dollars a month for a year Wow! on the income-based repayment plan and now um, my payments are only fifty dollars a month even though you know I work and I own a business you know I'm still I was able to get my student loans on some low payments that are going to be reasonable and when you do the income-based repayments, mm-hmm. after so many years of paying it, I can't remember if it's 10 or 20 years that you're paying on the income-based, they write off the rest of them. That's what they say. I don't believe them. Because the first batch of people who got to do um, the first, um, they were working in like areas they would not have worked, they started to default on those people and say, oh, we don't know after 10 years of service. I don't trust anything what the government says. <laughs> but you said something Business, and I want to talk about Nubian Pride Services. What does Nubian Pride Services do? Because someone could see that and be like, hold on, is this, what is this? You know, it could be anything, and maybe it's going to be a lot of things, but what is it right now? So right now it's a janitorial company, Um, so I'm doing some subcontracting and going out trying to get new contracts for cleaning businesses. Um, I try to focus mainly on black-owned businesses Mm -hmm. because I really feel like as a community, we really need to come together more. Mm. And so I try to get as many products as I can from black-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to have, you know, try to find black insurance, black-owned insurance companies, basically people in general that I'm doing business with, you Mm -hmm. know, I want to keep that money in our communities Mm -hmm. versus, you know, putting that money out there for these capitalists that already are rich. You know, we really, I feel like, you know, a lot of us haven't been trained on how to handle money Mm -hmm. and how to manage and 
you know, really a big thing is where we put our money, especially like when you look at the Asian communities out there and how they handle business. Yeah, they do business with each other. I mean, all, all, exactly. all day. And no one ever says anything like, oh, that's racist. Because someone could hear you and say, why are you only focused on black owned businesses, focus on everything? But charity always starts at home, at least exactly. in theory. Exactly. And that that's it is that, you know, there's when you look at all the help that's out there, you know, you see you see the people that are Caucasian helping themselves. You see the Asians helping themselves. Mm-hmm. You see the Latinos and Hispanics helping their own. Yeah. You know, and it really has come down to, you know, with everything that we as African-Americans have gone through mm-hmm. and that generational trauma and that gap in our learning mm-hmm. that we, we don't really do that. There's been this huge separation in our culture. Mm-hmm that you know the family unit isn't the family unit and we're so we have so much inner fighting among ourselves instead of unity yeah that you know i feel like we really need to bring that unity back to our communities and that that's really important to me is being able to help other african-american people and be able to help bring that unity and supporting each other Mm -hmm. because that that support is a huge deal um, you know if I give another small business you know I purchase a product for them that's $30 you know that's gonna make a difference to them mm-hmm. versus you know going down to Walmart and giving Walmart that $30 they already got billions yeah well you're doing your part but you have to be hired to stay in business you have to be contracted out Everett Washington which is maybe 30 minutes 40 to Seattle for those who may not know this place is the get out state. That's difficult. And I say, I'm referencing the movie for those who don't know. This place is antisocial on a good day for many folks who are here. They're just in their phones. They love dogs more than people. When you talk about the black community, I mean, they will sell you out up down a river and try to lowball you. Um, and people will say, well, that happens in my community. All communities do this. You guys just sometimes don't know enough Chinese people or Latino people. All people do these things. But in our community where we don't, we're a minority at 13%. We don't have all the, the businesses, even though more and more like ourselves are making businesses. How do you deal with staying afloat with black business? Because what it takes to clean are you doing commercial and residential or just... Right now, I'm doing commercial. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to branch out into residential mm-hmm. and get a little more time into it because it is still a new startup. I still work my day job part-time mm-hmm. and have a lot going on with having my son. Um, so I, I do plan on branching out and doing more residential, getting more employees in because um, that's a big thing too, especially on the employee front is that you know, it's really for a lot of our people in our community that have had incarceration, have had, you know, issues in their past. We know, mm-hmm. you know, people of color are higher, more likely to be charged with felonies versus misdemeanors. They mm-hmm. have different plea agreements that are granted to them. So finding jobs is harder. Finding housing is harder. So are you hiring black too? I try to as much as I possibly can. I know it is a small community here in Everett as well as I actually live up in Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. which is another 30 minutes north of here. Mm-hmm. And that community is even smaller right. for our people. So how do you hire black and how many people do you have now? Because even like Ezel's Chicken and Heaven Sent, the owners have told me 
it is hard to get black folks to do work. And I didn't even know guys, Hispanic guys, who want to hire for construction. But, you know, you have to be on the up and up. They're not trying to get, mm-hmm. you know, um, cheap labor, illegal labor. And they're like, Kellen, nobody wants to work. I'm hiring $30 an hour. How do you find people to to work right now i've been blessed that you know it's been friends and family okay um i've tried to hire out you know a big thing that i've run into is you know in the cleaning business we get paid monthly Mm -hmm. so for a lot of people that have gotten into this oh i want to get paid every week i want to get paid every two weeks that's the biggest struggle that i've had Mm -hmm. is a lot of people aren't willing to take a monthly paycheck okay and it is it is a lot of work um so you need a payday and a loan just for your employees. You need to do like Rockefeller. You work here. You can buy your materials here. I'll loan you some money right here. Yeah, I hope to someday be at that level. Not quite at that level yet. <laughs> Not quite at that level yet. I mean, right now I'm loaning to myself out of my savings sometimes. Okay, okay. So, like, it's not it's not always easy, um, but it's trying to find those employees. I'm mm-hmm. definitely encourage people to apply because you know we have openings and we're trying to get people in i contract a lot with my grandpa that owns tourist 3c services he's Mm. owned that company for years i think over 20 years now Mm -hmm. and so he's been doing this a very long time okay and has that experience and he's kind of running into the same thing it's hard to find consistent employees Mm -hmm. that you know want to stick around and want to work hard want to work at all shoot people don't want to work Everybody wants to be an Instagram model. Um, they want to be an influencer, which is cool. I mean, I, I get paid from influencers, so I'm I'm happy. But it's more than a job. It's a purpose. It's a calling to make sure people get what they're supposed to get. It's not like we're just, you know, and we people say, oh, but Kellen, what about that influencer who is this, that, and the third? It's really about organizing people who need to be organized. It's like working with when I used to work with um children with addiction i'm just trying to make sure everyone's safe and can get right and i find the same skills but nubian pride services we're working on a website people for 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 nubian pride and they can type in nubian pride services on facebook but is there an instagram because you are a millennial so it's nubian pride on instagram yet not yet. It I'm will still... be tonight. By the time they hear it, it'll be it'll be it'll be there. So you guys can go see Nubian Pride services and and get it because you got to be on Instagram. You got to make it fun. Snapchat, all that good stuff. I'm just new to Snapchat. I just actually just started with Snapchat about two months ago when my other one of my partners got kicked off of Facebook. So that was our only social media now. Okay. Because Facebook and Instagram are together. So if you get kicked off of Facebook, you're kicked off of Instagram. Too. Yeah. You know, too many of those. He must have been talking some pro-black stuff on Facebook. Yeah. And then. Yeah, that'll they, get you. Yeah, every time. <laughs> you, you, you gotta go. Not not you. You're, 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 you're not welcomed here. The So you, Snapchat and is it you got to have a business one and a personal one. You got to, you know, separate it because you'll be doing too much on the personal. It's like, yeah, we having fun. And then folks will say, wait, I thought this was Nubian services. Because we like to get the game, but we like to give it. And so myself and my co-host that I don't have with me, but I'm the old head of the group. So 
it's all about the, the, the market. If you want to hit the black community here, you could probably do it in three months because there's so few people from the restaurants that are around the corner in Everett to, you know, what you know in Mount Vernon. I haven't been up there. If there's something to see, tell me to come check it out. I will come check out Mount Vernon. I'll bring my, uh, this is my body cam, one of my body cams. And, you know, we'll do a whole episode of Mount Vernon black community if there's something to see. But in Seattle, I don't find things sometimes. I'm like, you know, there's a lot to see. But when you've been here for, I say, over four or five years, you're like, okay, this is normal. And what I find is that black folk here don't like black folk for the most part. I have found that a lot, especially being mixed. Mm -hmm. um, I get it from a lot of people. When I really got more in touch with my heritage and being as pro-black as I am, mm -hmm. is I, I hear from a lot of people, even in my family, but, you know, you're part white, too. So mm -hmm. how? But the the world doesn't see you like that. Exactly. You, you never get that that white privilege ever. You 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 never get it. it. I've asked from my siblings. You don't get that. People see you mm -hmm. as a minority. Okay, if they don't know you're black, they're gonna say you're Mexican or some type of Spanish or you're mm -hmm. this or you're that. But you know the community. It's hard to get them in line because even the organizations that we've created <laughs> fight against each other, and you know so. I, I, and I like to shame people because I'm like, I, and I do it not just to black folk, I do it to everyone. I'm an equal opportunist shamer. <laughs> but if I'm part of your chamber of commerce and we're not working together and we're not hiring each other, what are we doing part of this organization? Because the Bloods and Crips don't do that. The Mafia doesn't do that. You know, the Norteños and Sereños. Hey, man, you got a dime bag? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go get it down the street. I'm going to get it from my brother. So if the criminals can even understand that, why well, can't business people and folks who say, I love black folk. And then sometimes we're around, since it's such a small community, bad people who don't put anything into our life. They have no good game for us. They can't tell you, go to the SBA if you need money. Go to PTAC, you know, and, and that's the part that frustrates me. So that's why we do things like this, because I want to make videos, preach, and teach, and say, yo, there's money available. There's $300,000 over there. What? What do I got to do to get it? You got to be a member, you know, or you got to go talk to somebody. So Nubian Pride Services does commercial. I got some more, some more things. How big of a commercial setting? If Amazon says, hey, we got a contract right now, can you handle it? That would be a lot for me at this point. However, I do have um, other people that refer. I have another friend that owns another cleaning service here in here in Everett as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's G... What is it called? G Commercial Cleaning... Well, they got to contact you to find it anyway. You know, because he, yeah. He does. Um, so we, we, he's been a good friend of mine. Um, his name's Derek. He's been a great friend of mine now mm -hmm. for some years. Um, he actually used to be in the music scene. Okay. Around here, Young Heavy. Um, and now he's a businessman. He, he, his company's doing some really, really big things. Mm -hmm. I'm working hard to get on that level. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but so, it'll come. Yeah, it, it'll. I'm gonna get there. Yeah, I'm gonna be right neck and neck with him. And he's always he's been a great motivation to really push me to do things and go higher. Mm -hmm. So when I get things that I feel like I'm a little bit in over my head. You can you have someone that you can who does the same thing and mm -hmm. you can partner. We need that. I don't know if you remember Voltron. 
It's, it's a cartoon. It's kind of like Power Rangers, but when everything, one thing was the leg, one thing was a foot, foot, uh, yeah. everyone comes together, <laughs> Voltron! And that's what we need more of with there is no so-called chief. There's just we're all Indians working towards, yes. you know, this, this same mission. And that's when we work best. And don't be looking and pocket watching. Oh, she got a new chain. I wonder if she, you know, <laughs> got paid more than I did or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's that community. That sense of community is so important because mm. I'm so, you know, I have these two great mentors, um, my grandpa Curtis McKnight, as well as, you know, Derek Grimm that's really been there to really help me along in my journey mm -hmm. that I always have somebody that I can go to and you know my grandpa's one of those old heads he's been doing things his way for a long long time and then yeah. I've got Derek who's really this new really new age when it comes to business he's very very business smart mm -hmm. business savvy that you know if I need some, some help in that more new age areas and where to expand and how to do things I can go to him and help but being able to have that camaraderie and being able to come together mm -hmm. as a community and having those other people that you can go to is, for help is so, so important. Yeah. That, you know, if I get something where I'm in over my head, I can say, you know, there's no shame in asking for help. Man, preach. You know, so many people <laughs> get into this mindset that, you know, I got to do it all myself. Yeah. But it is so, so important. I cannot stress enough that, you know, that that old African saying, it takes a village. Yeah. It really does. And it's the same thing in business. It really takes a village to help, you know, move you along and help and have that support system. Because mm -hmm. even if it's for nothing more than just to say, you know what, I had a hard day today mm -hmm. and I am just stressed out. I can call and either one of them yeah. and get those words of encouragement. And it goes, you know, the same way. At any time that they need words of encouragement, you know, they can call me and I'm right there to help and walk them through, too. So we are going to say you can handle Amazon, even if it's a subcontract, someone else can prime it. You can be the subcontractor. I know um, I'm going to reiterate some things in a text to you, whether it's PTAC, the SBA, um, out here in Everett, it's called the Economic Alliance Center, where, you know, if you were looking for commercial work, they know every business owner because every business owner comes to them for some type of help down the way, whether they make 100000 make $1, or make, you know, $10 million. Most people go through the Economic Alliance because there's a people with money connect with people in the governments and whatnot. And all these folks intermingle, and everyone's on the same list. And you say, oh, this is the party. You know, once a year, the hockey stadium out in Everett. Folks will get together. You buy a $25 ticket. You're sitting in the booth, the box. They got the catered food. And most people have never seen that life. You know, people. some guys just do it once a year, like me here. I go once a year because I like the hockey on the glass. But the booth isn't like, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to party here. Everyone's drinking their wine, and you get to meet and talk with people. Same thing with the baseball team out here. Even though it's not a professional team. Now, you do professional team. They Tabor does that, um, where they get together in the box when it's not a game day, and they have their annual event. But Tabor is one of those things. Some people love it. Some people hate it, like every organization. Because, but I, I like Tabor for at least you can be around certain people. To do what you do. 
around. And that's important. You know, yeah. networking is so important and having that community. You got to build your community. You got to build your village around you to be successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you need it from so many levels because you're going to have in business, you're going to have those business to business transactions. You're going to have those business to consumer transactions. You're going to have those business to employee transactions. You know, really having that network mm-hmm. is going to give you so much more strength and resilience. Yes. You know, most new businesses flunk out in the first five years. Yes. And a lot of that, um, you know, from what I've seen from people who have started businesses and mm-hmm. have failed and have started businesses and have been highly successful, is the difference between the two that I have seen is having that networking mm-hmm. is important and having that support system and listening to that support system. Yes, that is so <laughs> that is so important. I, I've got to say, you know, being a Taurus, I'm a little stubborn and hard headed sometimes, and. I think kind of throughout my life, especially my teenage years, that listening and taking advice part has been a little bit of a struggle. Um, But I know for those that do give advice and, you know, you have that hard-headed person in your circle that you feel like just isn't listening to anything that you say, it's going to come back. It's going to, even if what you're saying isn't resonating with them right now, I can tell you from firsthand experience when they are in the trenches and they are taking grenades, what (laughs) you told them is going to be right in the back of their mind. And that's what they're going to go to. I'm glad you said that (laughs) because I I spend my days doing that. And I have like our scope of work when people hire us and they look at it and say, Kellen, I guess the way I look, people don't think we charge what we charge. They're like, this is expensive. I'm like, oh, you thought I was Walmart. No, I'm Saks. I've done this for over a decade, and I've, I've, thank God, been great at what I do because I'm really passionate. I'm the nosiest billboard you ever know. Like, picture a billboard just walking, <laughs> just walking into stuff, and you know you're gonna see it. And so my clients, oh, you're gonna be seen. You're gonna get this progress, um, and you're not gonna be famous tomorrow off of it unless you do something that's just crazy off the hook. I'm not against that either, but. People don't listen. And I so I have guys, young guys. I love young males because there's not really a way for them to get in, like, if they don't do it themselves. No one's just going to marry you because you're, you're you know, a male. So I, I know, and ugly guys, I tell them, ugly men rule the world. I say, check this out. Let me show you how it's done because you ain't got nothing to lose. But the fact that when these young men call me, I want to be a rapper or I want to do this or that. Or even the women. I want to be an Instagram model. But you don't want to put the work in. You don't want to stay up all night, go to bed, get two hours of sleep, maybe an hour, and really do it. And so I always feel like I'm wasting my time. So I have another hotline where people can book time because I say I can't do any more free because it just, it'll make me pull out this beautiful hair that I have. And I'm not trying to do that. So I'm glad that you said at some point the things people have told you, even though you didn't maybe act on it then, mm-hmm. later on it's still struck in your head. Because I'm like always thinking, what happens when we die? It, you know, and then what? I don't have time to waste. And right. You know, it's still there. I got to say my foster, one of my foster moms, Linda, she, you know, I lived with her from the time I was 16 till I was 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was the first person to really, she always came for me, no matter mm-hmm. what, no matter what horrible situation I managed to get myself into. Uh-huh. She was always there and she never gave up on me. And oh, she wow. used to say, 
you know, it, when I turned 18 and aged out, you know, as I got older, mm-hmm. I was always the one that whenever she would get that stubborn foster kid mm-hmm. that, you know, just didn't want to listen and was acting like I did when I was at her house, she would always call me and just be like, she, you know, she would rope you in with that, hey, you know, we're having a family dinner. Can you come on in? <laughs> and, oh, here, by the way, here's so-and-so. They're just like you were. Yeah. Go sit down and have a little conversation with them. Yeah. And, you know, there were so many things that she told me mm-hmm. that I was so stubborn and I didn't want to listen to a word of it. And I thought she was just old and full of it. And she had died last year. Mm. And, you know, it's still... Every day, there's something that she told me that's in the back of my head. Wow. Every single day. And as I get older, you know, I would say a lot of the things that she spent telling me mm-hmm. from 16 to 20, mm-hmm. I didn't start using until I was 25, and now I'm 31. Yeah. And I still, every day, there's something that she told me yeah. that gets me to just, you know, push through when I'm having a hard time or having a rough day or just those memories of, you know, what I'm having when things are going good, but you still, you know, you need that little extra little bit of motivation. Yeah. You know, those sayings will always be, you know, in the back of your head. I'm, I have to ask because, and I don't, I think it may be the final question, but because what you said, then given the information that you got from Linda, Miss Linda, may she rest in peace. What is your community give back in your business that you are doing or that you want to do? And that's a question we ask every guest at the end. So that was just like a perfect segue. What what are you going to do or doing for the community? Well, right now, I'm on top of having my business, I'm going back to school mm-hmm. to finish my business degree and then hopefully going on to law school. Okay. Because um, my ultimate goal in wanting to start this business here and to own other businesses is I want to ultimately be able to help support our community, help be able to employ our at-risk youth, mm-hmm. be able to help employ and rehabilitate our people coming out of prison, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, once I finish law school, I really want to focus on criminal defense because I really do believe everybody deserves a good defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many people, especially in our community, are just getting railroaded. Yeah, that's by the our, system. By our system. If you're poor, you're going to get to the floor if you're poor because mm-hmm. you don't have money to, to fight those things. And, and I know that from experience. If you have some money, things are a little different if you don't have money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is really for me wanting to springboard and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts with being able to employ people that you know, some people would feel are unemployable. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely, that you know you could work with. Exactly. You got to have those people that you know that you can work with. And I feel like, you know, in my experiences, those people are going to be the people that appreciate it more, too. Uh-huh. That yeah, you of gave course. Them, you gave them a chance. And I've always said, you know, especially these people you see coming out of prison, you know, how do you expect somebody to get out of prison and be able to live a productive life as a productive member of society when nobody's willing to hire them? Nobody's willing to give them a place to live. Yeah. And well, they don't. They don't. They don't expect. They, they expect, expect them to go back and, because yeah. that's how this system goes. And we may have to talk about that in a whole nother thing because what you want to do, there's so many organizations. I just I know for Seattle that do that. So if you say, man, I want to tap in or I'm looking for that type of labor, um, for everything negative people say about an organization, I know organizations that they're looking for those people. 
and sometimes it's hard to find work because I know with staffing agencies, they'll bring in everyone, but once it comes to the company and they do that, we were on the Ban the Box uh, campaign where you don't have to check mark for you know the state of Washington, but still there's companies that are asking people to check mark. And for us, working with the NAACP on that one, which can't work with the Urban League because they, they, they had their issues going and you know it's like Bloods and Crips, it's like, yo, this group has got a million dollars to do this. This group got $140,000 to do this. If they could work together, things could be, you know, put together. But it can't, again, our people. I just, if you guys can't see me, I want to, like, strangle something. I'm not going to do it to Amelia. <laughs> but, but I am. I am going to thank her for coming on and talking about everything she talked about. And that if you see her on again, it's not by, you know, surprise. She has a lot that she wants to do. And you guys know me. I'm going to try to kick her 